Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by a brand new sponsor, but not somebody I'm new to, Plain Joe Studios. Listen, we love Plain Joe. Uh, They describe themselves as spatial storytellers. You might wonder what that means. It means that they're very best at taking your church's story and bringing it to life through your physical space. They combine architecture, concept design, graphic design, technology integration, and a deep love for the local church into a singular design process that will elevate your church building into an immersive asset that propels your mission and connects your people more to your story. These guys are uh, literally have Disney heritage with the principles uh, who have worked for the Walt Disney Company are incredibly talented. Uh, they have done amazing work uh, for friends of mine. I've been in their locations from cafe design to kids ministry theming to major master planning and renovations for a large campus. Plain Joe Studios is the partner you're going to want to call. Listen, uh, they've got this special going on right now. Uh, just because they're starting with us, what you want to do is go to plainjoestudios.com forward slash unseminary and connect with them. Wait for this for a free three minute, con- three minute, <laughs> 30 minute consultation. They would love to talk with you and hear your story and hear what your dreams are for the future. Again, that's plainjoestudios.com forward slash unseminary to connect with them for a free 30 minute consultation. They'd love to hear from you and hear more about your story. All right, let's jump in with today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we try to bring you a different leader, expose you to some new leaders to help you uh, grow in your leadership. And today is no exception. Uh, We're going to get a chance to have a conversation with a friend of mine, Raul Burgos from, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Comunidad Cristiana uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, Raul's a fantastic leader. He's planted five churches. Uh, his, his current church is doing all kinds of amazing work. Uh, and so I'm just so glad to have you with us on the show today, Raul. Rich, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, so we worked together a bit in New Jersey when I lived there. For folks that know my uh, my history, I was uh, in New Jersey for a number of years at Liquid Church, and that's where Raul and I uh, got connected, bumped into each other, and got to know each other a little bit better. And so I'm so glad to kind of uh, open up and uh, kind of bring bring all our listeners in on our friendship today. But Raul, why don't we start with you telling about a little bit about the church and and about your background, kind of paint the picture. Who is Raul? Okay, so let me start with me. I am not the typical uh, Hispanic immigrant to the United States uh, for a number of reasons. I grew up, I I was born and grew up in the Dominican Republic for 26 years. I I, uh, went to school, went to business school, uh, married there. And so when I I immigrated to the United States, it was not because of any economic issue. Uh, There was a ministry opportunity. to uh, work for the Salvation Army, that was uh, almost 29 years ago. So half of my life I've been in the you know Hispanic culture of my country, of mm-hmm. half of my life in the United in the United States. So that gives me some of a, a interesting uh, mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, 
Uh, and mm-hmm. that's the background. So so I started to work in the Salvation Army. Then I worked at a uh, English-speaking church. I, I led mm-hmm. uh, worship there at Calvary Tabernacle for five years. And then uh, we planted an English-speaking uh, church, uh, Christ Fellowship in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And out of that, a year later, then I planted my first Spanish-speaking uh, church, Comunidad Cristiana. So that's, that's the church I'm leading for the last 22 years in our city. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, you know, what I'm hoping, the reason why, there's a lot of reasons why I would love to expose our listeners to you and your leadership. But today, one of the things I'd love to kind of talk about is, and we were joking about before we went on air, is like, I'm going to be the, the, the English speaking guy, the, the honky that doesn't know anything, which is not that hard for me to pretend. That's just, <laughs> that's just true. That's who I am. And, and I want your, the thing I appreciate, there's again, a lot I appreciate about you. One of the things I appreciate about you is you really are a bridge builder. I think you are, even just in your past experience, um, you know, you have done an incredible job, a good job of trying to build bridges um, between, you know, Anglo and Hispanic and, uh, you know, churches, particularly that's been my, uh, my experience experience with you. But I want to kind of dig in on that issue today. I think church leaders um, from, you know, across uh, America, across North America, um, you know, you have had to have been asleep at the switch to not see the growing Hispanic population uh, and 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 maybe a bit of a disconnect in a lot of churches. We're not seeing, uh, we're really reflecting the communities we're in. How do you uh, think about this issue for churches? How should we be thinking about this issue? What should, should we, I know this is a massive question, how should we be trying uh, to uh, create churches that better reflect our communities? So I'm a, a bridge builder by accident, really, just by the fact that, yeah, just by the fact <laughs> nice. I spent half of my life in one culture and half of my life basically mm-hmm. a different culture. So there are things that come naturally to me in terms of perspectives that I can see from both ends. I, I, I mm. see people that are very good at one culture, very good at the other culture, but uh, being able to navigate the two right. uh, 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 cultures. That's uh, that's what I kind of uh, bump into. And um, my first experiences uh, show me uh, how we see things differently. I'll give you a couple examples. For example. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we go to a meeting, you and I, right? Uh, we go, hey, let's yep. have a meeting. So I know you, you're likely, even if it's a lunch meeting, you're going to have an agenda. You're going to have four or five things that you, <laughs> you want to come out sure. of that. You know, I'm going to show up yes. with nothing, Rich. I just right. want to get to know you, and I want to know where the conversation is going to take us. And we're going to spend a, an hour, we're going to talk about each of our families, so forth. So when you walk out of that meeting, you're thinking, she, I lost an hour, basically, you know. I, I didn't get to, <laughs> <laughs> because we never got to touch, uh, you know, on any of my four or five points. When I walk out of that meeting, I say, she, this guy's good. I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I, this is a guy that I'm going to trust. That I right. make a relationship. So I and I I fi- I was in so many of those spaces that I figured out she we're looking at the same thing from completely different levels. Mm. That is why there's so many uh, misunderstandings in how right. we are going to get to understand you know each other's cultures. You know, that's funny because my wife makes fun of me for that because I'll like, we'll be going out for dinner with some friends and often I'll say something like, Hey, so like, what are we hoping for tonight? Like, was there any conversation we want to have? And she's like, all I want to do is be friends with these people. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. So, uh, yeah. That, so you've definitely a buttonholed me, uh, you know, that's for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I love that idea of, hey, let's lead with relationship first. How do we, um, how could you encourage that more in, in you know, relationships? Yes. Particularly, you know, we're talking, there's a lot of different ways we could talk about this, yes. but specifically kind of Anglo to Hispanic, yes. um, you know, a predominantly Anglo church leader saying, hey, you know, I'd like to kind of reach out to some Hispanics. Yes. Um, leaders, even that, even the language I find myself stumbling over because I, and I'll just put my stupidity on the line. I'm like, is Hispanic better than Latino? I don't know. Yeah. If someone asked me the difference between those two, I'd be like, I'm not sure. Yeah. So how could we extend relationship? What would be some other ways for us to think about that? So, so there are two things here that are very, very important. One is that we all need to understand that we have lenses through which we yep. see things. And if yep. we don't understand it, I mean, like if you are in America and you're, in, uh, and I know you do a lot of consulting. Well, it's mm-hmm. kind of a Western way of seeing things, and yes. many people don't realize that. So mm-hmm. they find another lens. You know, uh, people then tend to, you know, what, what's not familiar to you is kind of your out group, like Myers mm. McPherson say, right? Your out group mm-hmm. you feel ah, they're mm-hmm. kind of different. But we all have to understand number one uh, where. Uh, the other part is coming from. What are the lenses, right? That color uh, their perspective. That's number one. And number two, conversations. Conversations. And conversations, the real conversations, start with questions. It's like you. You just did that. You started with Mm -hmm. asking me a question and and, Mm -hmm. leading the... uh, you know, the interview in that direction. That's how we all learn from each other. Mm -hmm. The thing is that sometimes we don't realize that we are so embedded in the way we see things and our agenda and the way things should be that we lead Mm. with presumptions and Mm. stereotypes. So if a white American is going to talk to a Hispanic, they say, okay, they're likely to be the stereotype, uh, you know, the Mexican worker. They probably Mm. need food. They probably need a shelter. Well, that might not be the case. That might not be the need. That might, you know, they might want something much deeper. They might really want a connection. So uh, when I think the conversation, I I must add from two parties that are at the same level, because that's very important. Mm. Uh, The power dynamics are very, very important. So immigrants come to this country, right? Well, obviously, this is the most powerful country in the world. The church Mm -hmm. is powerful as well, has all kinds of resources. So there's an intimidation issue right there. Mm. As to how much are they willing to share, you know, how how in the same level they're going to feel. That's important. You got to let the other party feel that, you know, you're not imposing your views. You're, you're not assuming things. It, you, mm. Again, you start with, with questions. So those two things, understanding perspectives and conversations are huge in this bridge building, I think. Yeah, that's very good. I, I love the idea of like, hey, let's let's lead with conversation, let's lead with relationship and understanding our own, you know, the kind of inherent power dynamics that that aren't necessarily, um, you know, it's not that I'm trying to be whatever, but it, even in that conversation, knowing, hey, I've got to take the seat of relationship building, and I've got to take the seat of of, hey, we are, um, you know, we're on the same level. You and I are brothers, obviously, in Christ. Um, and so how can we, you know, work together? One of the things I found interesting when we lived in New Jersey and served in New Jersey is um, we would, I would often 
find people would find out that we I was a Canadian. They would find out that I I wasn't American, and it was an interesting dynamic with our Hispanic. Uh, immigrant folks that attended Liquid, because it was like there was a, a relation, there was a, a pre-existing relationship there, uh, and a, a like resonance on the fact that we both were immigrants. The there fact that go. we both had the yes. same experience, even though we were coming from a different, you know, might have a, maybe obviously totally different background, but but we had a similar connection and. And you know we could look at, at at people who were born and raised in America a little with suspiciously, and it was okay. <laughs> um, but you know, it's interesting that you know that kind of relational bridge. What would you say to a church leader who's listening in that would say, "Okay, so I I understand. You know, I've I get what you're saying. I've got to um, you know start with relationship. I've got to find you know a way to connect that you know is is relational. Are there ways when you think about churches?" working together, are there principles there, say like a, a predominantly Anglo church and a predominantly Hispanic church, are there ways that churches can work together? Are there kind of some kind of common Absolutely. positive things or some things or some pitfalls that we might just stumble into and, and we need to avoid? What were some things we should be thinking about on that front? Absolutely. Number one, I got to say this. we Both cultures can equally learn from each other and enrich mm. itself. That's very important because, again, go back to the power dynamic. When we feel that we know all the ins and outs, right, and we come to the other culture saying, I want to help you and I want to add to you, but you're not open to something be added to you, that's a problem right there. Right. So uh, that, that has to be, uh, 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 you know, understood. Another dynamic that's very important is the difference on how we confront Issues, for example, mm. uh, there's a there's a, a book about that culture map. Uh, certain cultures are much more comfortable confronting and saying the truth, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in your face once there is a relationship. Our culture is not necessarily that way. Mm. So you've got to figure out a way to to pick up on things uh, in the conversation, in the relationship, to to understand that maybe there is something else that that's it's been on set, but the table has to be set. So there's a lot of nuance in, in all of this. And again, it goes mm-hmm. to having lunch, getting to know people's families, people's names, making them feel comfortable. Uh, I, I, for example, I I learned, you you asked me, what can, I, what can one culture learn from the other? I remember mm-hmm. when I first came 29 years ago, I didn't have a budget. I didn't know what that was about. Right. And 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 being in you know in a in an institution in a church that has all those disciplines that was extremely enriching to me. Mm. Uh, I remember back in the day. I, I don't think they do it anymore. The ten year plan or the five year plan or whatever is more like a two year plan now, right? Mm, right. Yeah. Uh, that was foreign to me, foreign compl- to our culture because you know we kind of leave the day to day thing. Sure. At the same time, we can teach you how to enjoy today, right? Yeah, absolutely. How, how absolutely. to be in the present, how to how to how to smell the roses. So, uh, in conversation, both can enrich uh, you know each other, and we are living in a very uh, important point because, as you know, uh, this is gonna this is gonna be a country of minorities, right? Uh, in a few years, and eventually Hispanics are going to be the biggest minority. And mm-hmm. actually, I, I'll make uh, 
I, I'm, my uh, theory is that uh, the church in the future, the church in America, to to thrive and to grow, better figure out how to work with Hispanics. Absolutely. Uh, both first generation, second generation, third generation, because that's where the growth really is at. Even today, uh, mm -hmm. the growth in the church is in the Hispanic setting. Absolutely. We have so much to learn um, as a, you know, predominantly Anglo church, um, I, as a, you know, I've led mostly in that kind of environment that, you know, we've so much to learn from the Hispanic church as, yeah, as a model really for us, as we look to the future. I remember when we were at liquid, one of the things we did, which seemed counterintuitive, Raul, it seemed like this was, um, well, this first part wasn't counterintuitive, but the solution that came back was counterintuitive. We, we, we were saying, Hey, we're, we don't reflect our community and, um, particularly on, in this sphere, um, and so we started talking to, um, to Hispanic leaders like yourself and folks in our church, uh, to say like, what can we do? And so what came back was, um, Hey, you should offer Spanish translation of, of your services. And that seemed like a great idea. Um, and you know, what happened over that first year that we offer, this is years ago, we, when we first offered that, that the fascinating thing was we definitely saw a change and a shift in our church. We saw, um, a lot more Hispanic folks attending, but almost none of them <laughs> used the headsets, um, you know, used the, we didn't see a dramatic, you could not chart like, oh, look, here's a whole bunch of, um, and, and so I, want, I was, I was uh, talking with a, a leader in our community once about this. I said, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me that this is there's clearly a shift happening in our church, which is beautiful and amazing and great, but Hey, this isn't happening. What, what's your thought on this? And I was, well, the answer that came back stuck with me. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I've got so much to learn. They said, well, yeah, of course that makes sense. And to me, it didn't make sense as an Anglo. I'm like, why are we seeing this increase, but not seeing this use? And they said, well, because what you're doing is projecting the fact that my mom's welcome here my, and my dad's welcome here. And that means right. a ton to me. Um, now they may never come or they may come twice a year. Um, and, and when they come, I know that I could, they can have that, that translation available. And that makes me feel even more comfortable. And I was like, that was one of those times where I'm like, oh, I've been schooled and I still have so much to learn. What, what, what um, you're saying, what you're saying is I'm welcome in your space. That's basically yes. what you're saying. By having Spanish translation, you're saying I'm welcome in this place, even though most likely what you attracted because I know liquid and I know, you know, the type of, of, of ministry and where it was situated that you most likely attracted second generation, my yeah. children's generation born in the U S but with the yeah. culture, you know, uh, you know, kind of from their parents, that sort of thing, but, uh, uh, able to be, you know, in English and all of that, but, but you basically told them, Hey, you are welcome. And your culture is welcome in this place. Uh, yeah, what are some other ways that we could again I'm speaking from from my side of the table. What could what advice would you give to predominantly Anglo churches that are trying to be more welcoming? What are the kinds of things we should be thinking about? So if you want to reach to the first generation, right? Yeah, the people let's say I'm mm -hmm. I am first generation. I, I grew up in my country, came here, you know, I speak both languages, but obviously Spanish is my my comfort zone. You want to provide not only uh, a space uh, language, uh, you know, like translation, you want to give a cultural space. That's why mm. you need them to be able to meet in their culture, you know, with, with their 
expression uh, uh, with their leadership and, and find that they have a seat at the table. That's what I find, mm. you know, after after I planted the church, I was uh, able to, to uh, bless, to go to several other large, actually, Anglo churches in many mm-hmm. places. And what I, uh, you know, they, they had that question, you know, how can we do this? And what I found that many had the heart, okay, let's welcome them, but it was mostly like they are just another ministry. I mm. one, one church in particular, you know, huge church. I remember the ministry number for the Spanish uh, ministry was 187. <laughs> ministry oh, wow. 187. I mean, what yes. are you saying to them? Yeah, yeah, right, right. You're just coming, but, you know, stay out there. Uh, and so you, if you really mean it, you have to, uh, you know, uh, give them a seat at the table. And uh, that requires time, uh, yes. investment, because we go back to the conversation. Uh, we think differently. We see different angles. But again, isn't that what you want? You know, to absolutely angles at the table and different voices. Uh, and when that's appreciated, I think that's a, a huge step. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that. I think that's a, you know, there's a, I don't want to, there's a, there's a part of this conversation that's sure is maybe a, like tactical marketing thing, but there's a deeper underlying reality in that the kingdom um, is a multi-ethnic, multinational, um, you know, transnational reality. And we want our churches to be that, you know, we, we, we want our churches to be that not uh, uh, just on the other side of uh, forever, but we want that to be on the here and now. And there's, and our churches should reflect that. You know, there obviously has been, I remember when I was in, in, you know, Bible college, they taught the homogeneous unit mm. principle of, of church growth. Right. Which was when I look back at it, yeah. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a terrible idea. Yes. Like um, that's all. You grow, yeah, you grow fast, but it, but it does not work long term. It's and not so, a kingdom, and it's not a kingdom no, reflection. It's not a kingdom acts. Absolutely, it's just a marketing trick, and um, and it doesn't. It falls apart over time, and and I do think particularly, and I, and maybe speak more to this. You kind of sp- started in this, but speak more to this. If that that idea might have worked back when I was in school 30 years ago, 25 years ago, when, uh, you know, demographics frankly look different and, but, but things are changing rapidly in the country. Um, help us get our heads around, you know, the kind of changing demographics, what you're seeing on that, um, and, and, and the impact that's going to have on us as church leaders. So I have, I have a little bit of a, of a, of a controversy to, to bring to the conversation. Let's do it. I love controversy. <laughs> because I don't think that 30 years ago, the homogeneous model was working. I think the church right. was ignoring the yes. reality of yep, what the kingdom was supposed to look like, which the current environment has brought the church to, to face it, right? So many churches are saying, wow, we've been ignoring our, yep. our African-American brothers and sisters. We, we don't know their plight. We don't know their pain, right? It, uh, for many of them, it's like, I didn't know or I didn't know I had to do anything about it. Well, yes, it was there all along. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. My, uh, uh, my point on this is that uh, right after this moment where the church, I hope the white church, and, and I am hopeful because I'm seeing more and more people speaking out and saying we need to fight 
for justice, right? For our brothers and sisters of the African-American community and, and speak out on that issue. I believe that right after that issue is this issue is coming on the heels mm-hmm. of it. Which is, mm-hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, for example, immigration. I don't see any or almost no white church being concerned about immigration. And we can, we can go many different ways here. You know, the policy, the politics of it, you know. But my question is, forget about that. How about the 11 millions, uh, million of, of immigrants uh, undocumented that are here in this country? What is our uh, position as a church towards them? Uh, what does the Bible say about the stranger? Uh, you know, and I don't think the church is, is as a whole, my, uh, particularly the white church, is even mm-hmm. asking that question. Uh, never mm-hmm. even trying to answer that question. And I think that's coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. coming. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that's a good flag. I think, you know, one of the things that's been interesting in this season, which is frankly what got you and I talking again on this issue, is um, there, there has been a reticence in the Anglo, primarily white church, to tackle issues of that I think are perceived as political issues. They're perceived as like, um, which, which I think in some ways is a miss, it's a mislabeling, um, it's a, or it's a misunderstanding, um, like immigration, I think is, a, is an interesting one where, um, like a, there are, our job as Christ followers is to care for the stranger in our midst. That is literally what we're called to do. And, um, we're missing out on that opportunity. What would you say to a church leader that would be reticent to step into um, even like you say, the issues of, or a way to help with the issues of, of immigration that wouldn't be Simple. perceived as taking political sides. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Simple. Love them. Love them. Right. Go around right. the Absolutely. table and say, listen, I don't know the, the, the politics of it. I, you know, I don't know the legality of whatever, but you hear, you know, right. understand we are your brothers. We are your sisters. Right. We want you to feel that we love you. What, what do you need? What, where can we help? Uh, I, I'm not, by the way, I'm not talking about handouts, okay? Yep. Because that's the colonial mindset. Again, we're going back to the Western way of thinking, the, the, uh, the missionary of the yesterdays, right? They get to the countries and they get to bring stuff and probably never got from the country they went, they went to. And that's sometimes a colonialism mindset that we still have. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about exchanging uh, mm-hmm. gifts, right? Both communities have so much to give. So it's not just showing up at the at the Spanish uh, people and say, here, there, here's some food. That's not what I'm talking about. I say, mm-hmm. here, I'm present. I see, mm-hmm. That's all. I see you. Mm-hmm. I feel your pain. I want to learn. Take me to school. Talk to me about mm-hmm. family. You know, show yeah, me. Absolutely. Uh, I, it, believe me, you're gonna find uh, love back, right? Because yes, we yes. we are we've been created for two things: to love and to be loved, mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. we both, right? Uh, and so it's very in you know. Anyway, from my eyes, <laughs> uh, the question I would ask is: How do I love them? Yes, get about the yeah. politics of it. They're here. I'm not talking about should if they come or should they go home. That's not, you know, the, the point uh, of discussion. That's not our issue. But, yeah. As a church, they are uh, they are my neighbor. As a matter of fact, yep. that's, that's how we should call them, my neighbor. Because right. Jesus made the point to call the neighbor when, they, when he was asked, you know, who, then who's my neighbor, right? And the guy probably thought, you know, 
the guy living next to you or whatever. No, he said, mm-hmm. Maritain, who was the most hated of all people in that community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've got to see, if we, if we use those eyes, those lenses, uh, so much would change, uh, Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good. I love that. I appreciate that encouragement. Now, what what would you say, uh, maybe turning the table a little bit, what would you say to a Hispanic leader that would be listening in that would say, hey, I, that, you know, that all sounds good, but I, I don't know what I should do to try to reach out to or to build bridges to some Anglo leaders or to an Anglo church in town. What, what would you be, what would your encouragement be, uh, you know, to your brothers and sisters on, uh, you know, from that uh, yes. perspective? So I will tell them what I did. So about, I met John Maxwell 25 years ago. Uh, at a conference, and I, you know, been kind of listening, and, and, and actually, I'm part of the organization, and I know the stuff. But I heard something that changed my life, and he said, uh, "Nobody's ever turned down a lunch, a free lunch, <laughs> for me." So, if you ever want to build a relationship, or, or you want to learn s- uh, from someone, offer them free lunch. So, I took that to heart, uh, Rich, mm. and. I read books and I try to, you know, and then I want, I see this big pastor on the big church and I call, right? And I call the secret. L- listen, I'm a pastor in town. I, I just want to spend some time with uh, pastor so-and-so. And uh, could you tell him I'd like to invite him to lunch? Mm-hmm. I good. never, I have never been turned down, Rich. Never. <laughs> I mean, you won't believe the places I've been. The guy's very, very, uh, you know, busy, but I'm opening a space and I'm saying I, I really appreciate uh, just talking to you. You know, I, 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 the, the next thing that I, I tell the uh, pastor, the Hispanic pastor, is when you go to that lunch, do not ask for anything. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Just say, you know, I want to get to know you. I want to learn from you. And is there something I can give you? Is there something where I can help you? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, again, that's what I, that's what I, uh, suggest every pastor actually i su- yeah that's good i suggest that uh, for uh, uh the other way around for an anglo pastor mm-hmm. to try to absolutely uh, you know build that relationship uh, that that never fails well to be honest that's actually how you know we're I, this is i don't know what 400 and some odd it, number interview in on on seminary and to be honest that's that, that's kind of the spirit out of which this whole thing was birthed because i i love talking to church leaders i love connecting with them love learning. I find every conversation I always walk away with like, mm, there's something new there for me. And that's actually how this whole thing got started. Cause I love just talking to them. Yes. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, the idea of doing that with church leaders in town is even more valuable. Like, Hey, let's just, what if you, the challenge could be, you know, if we all just said, Hey, once a month, I'm going to try to reach out to a church leader. I don't know, ask him for lunch or, or her for lunch and say, Hey, I'd love to get to know you better. Love to hear about your church. Love to hear what's going on. And, how can I be praying for your church? Man, that would be, uh, that, that would be, that would build some amazing bridges. I would think I, I give you a quick example. I live in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and this is 65% Hispanic, 25, 20, 25% African-American and the rest white. Right. So this whole thing of black life matter explodes mm-hmm. and, and I see mm-hmm. the pain and I see the posts and so forth. And I, I'm thinking, uh, what can I do? Who could, because I, I knew a, uh, an African-American pastor, but he moved to Houston and, and then I lost him. Right. So I say, how can I connect with someone? And I, I did, I did what, what I just told you. I, I went to, you know, a, a, a page with pastors in city and I saw a name that I remember and I called him. I said, Hey, mm-hmm. can we meet? Because I want to understand. I want to hear you. I want to, I want to, uh, you know, understand your, 
your history. I mean, he was, right. he was so, you know, open and we met and then I invited him to share at church. And this Sunday I'm going to go to something he's going to put together. And Very cool. so simple. And, and he thinks I'm the greatest guy in the world. And because and all I did was give, give guy a call and basically say, can we meet? Can we talk? And that's all. It doesn't take much to do that. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. What about, so this is another kind of um, area kind of conversation I know I've seen over the years and this seems to ebb and flow. Like there seems to be a season where, um, and you kind of touched on this earlier that Anglo churches will say they're going to start a Hispanic ministry um, or a Spanish speaking ministry. And then, um, you know, that, that, and then maybe that wanes for a while. What's your thinking around, um, you know, is that a good route? Is that the kind of thing we should be thinking about, you know, as a predominantly English speaking church, or is there a better route, you know, to think about? I, I think the better route, find a, Bridge builder. Uh-huh. You don't have it in your community. You know, maybe I know someone in your community. You want to start with someone who could tell you the truth when, when he yeah. happens. Let me give you an example. I was able to plant a couple, a couple churches in North Carolina with Ron Lewis, King Park, and, and Michael Fletcher, a great guy in um, Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I, I got there. I surveyed the place and I, because because. I was kind of on the outside. I was able to talk to the pastor and tell him the, the kind of changes they needed to make to make uh, this uh, uh, community comfortable. If I hire a pastor, that pastor is not going to tell you because he's your employee. He's okay. not going to be able to confront you and tell you the truth. So, Because right now, there is not much understanding on the Anglo church. I would say find someone who could tell you the truth who could help you because what happens is this is what happens. And I've seen it so many times. So they have a meeting with the pastor, the Hispanic pastor and the Anglo church uh, pastor leaves and say, we had a great meeting. The, the, <laughs> the <Hispanic laughs> immediately calls me and says, this guy doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I hear wall, you know, and I don't know how to tell them. And, 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 and sometimes they can because the Anglo pastor might be might have too many arguments and not being able to the Hispanic pastor might not be able to pass that wall. So I would say you have to find a voice outside who could talk to you and and yeah. you see things. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's good. I, I appreciate that. And you've I know in in my own life in you know you've been that a voice like that. And so I I appreciate that. And I think that's good advice for us. You know, it, is to be like, hey, we need to find trusted friends, people who have yes. done this kind of bridge building who can speak truth and say like, uh, yeah, like this is not what you, the way you approach this meeting and you just went through and thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, that is not, that was not a great meeting. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's very good. Well, I really appreciate this. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, just kind of as we come to land the plane today. Yeah. As I, as I think about that, Rich, I think what's more needed, you know what it is, uh, for the Hispanic and the, and the Anglos to, to, uh, uh, you know, work together is more rich birch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what you do uh, for multi sites. Isn't that what you do? Basically, sure. yeah, yeah. the church yeah, just need to uh, to do multi site. They don't just mm-hmm. have it right and, and say we're going to do it. Who do they? What do they do? They they call you right, 
and right. you Absolutely. go and based on your experience and based on on the fact that you've been there done that and that you know you don't have nothing to lose you know if right. it doesn't right. hire you for the next conversation so what right so you're <laughs> sure <laughs> so you're, yeah no that's good <laughs> you're going to tell them what they need to hear so Anglo pastors need to figure out a way to sit at the table with people of the other culture who can talk to them and tell them the truth and and, right. and help to design a path and a map. And again, this is my passion, as you know. I've I've been mm-hmm. able to do that with liquid and and, and so many. Mm-hmm. So, if any of your listeners would love to, you know, to get my my two cents, I, I'd be more than happy. This is. Uh, you know, lastly, let me say this. I really, my vision is that the future, we're all going to be together at the table. Mm. That mm. this is not going to, when we think America church, we're not going to think just white, powerful, male, mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. We are looking at, at a multi, you know, ethnic, multiracial just yep. the country itself, I think the church is supposed to, you know, to reflect. And I think there's some uh, progress that this moment is going to uh, be, be, we'll be able to make with the African-American community. I think that mm-hmm. the Hispanic community is coming right after. So don't think you're going to get any rest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I think that's a good word. That's a good way to leave it. And, and even this idea of saying, hey. Um, you know, we all need to find leaders that can help speak into these issues in our lives. And, you know, you're, and I appreciate you offering yourself to say, hey, I'm happy to to have that conversation. If people want to track with you, that's maybe a good place to end it. If people want to kind of connect with you, uh, you know, f- get a chance to g- get to know you a little bit better, where do we want to send them to? Sure. I think the easiest would be to my personal email, which I'm going to uh, spell for you because it's my, my name in Spanish. So it's R-A-U-L. J in the middle, and my last word was B-U-R-G-O-S at yahoo.com. Raul J. Burgos at yahoo.com. And we'll take it from there. Raul. I would love to, uh, you know, to uh, help some of these churches navigate that uh, situation. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love, I'd encourage you to reach out. We'll link that in the show notes and also link to your, your church's website. And so I really appreciate uh, you being here, Raul. Appreciate your friendship and, and cheering for you. And Elizabeth, it's a great part of the world uh, that you live in there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>